Welcome to the very first episode of We Can Do This. My name is Sean Pritzkow, your host, and I'm really glad you're here. This is likely the first time you're tuning in. It's really the first time I'm tuning in. And to give you an idea of what this show is about, We Can Do This is a podcast that connects people looking to create meaningful change with the tools, skills, and community they need to stay the course and make an impact. So I'm really excited to jump into our first interview with Bemnet Gatehun. So Bemnet and I had a really great conversation, and we talk about how she's aligned her passions with her career and the unconventional ways that she navigated working with students during the pandemic. So you'll hear about how she was able to create dialogue with students from all around the country around some really important topics such as racial violence and police brutality, and how she was able to involve influential voices like Chance the Rapper and, and some other voices. So I really think you'll enjoy this conversation with Bemnet Gatehun. All right. Hey, so we're here with Bemnet Gatehun. She is the programs director at Talo in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Bemnet, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. I'm really excited to be here. Yeah, thanks so much for being on the podcast. I've been looking forward to this one for a little while. So let's get started. First, if you want to share a little bit about your background and how did you end up at Atala? Yeah, my family's actually originally from Ethiopia. My parents moved to the States right before my brothers and I were born. So I actually had the privilege of growing up here in Lancaster. My parents knew that they wanted to have a family and they knew that they wanted us to have a better education. So grew up here in Lancaster. I actually went to Eastern University for undergrad. And then I ended up venturing out to Los Angeles for grad school. And I definitely loved my time in LA. I learned a lot about myself during that time. And then I ended up coming back to Lancaster. My education is really centered on social work. And I currently am working working in education, and I feel that everything I learned within social work, I'm able to apply it within education as well. Very awesome. So if you want to give us a little bit of information about TALO, I understand it's a, a pretty different approach to education. Yeah, definitely. So TALO, we're actually a college access program, but more importantly, we're actually a leadership program and we work with juniors and seniors specifically in high school. And it's really interesting because we're college access, we don't actually work within the schools. We actually are partnered with a bunch of different schools. Currently, we're partnered with eight different schools in Lancaster County and the eight schools we work with, we talk to the administrators, we talk to the counselors, and they actually are the ones who select the students that are a part of our program. So they pick a cohort of about 35 students that are really diverse in any regard, diverse within gender, diverse even within the way they perform academically. And we really want a group of students who normally wouldn't be together in a room to really learn and grow from each other. So all the students are offered the opportunity to go through a six-week recruitment process. So those students that have been selected go through six weeks and they actually wake up at 5 30 a.m and they meet us at the oh school at 5 30 right so early <laughs> and it sounds like you're in that mode right now yeah so i'm currently at, at a school where this morning i was there but with the students they were there at 5 30 a.m we had perfect attendance oh we like <laughs> to compete against the other schools so yeah they go through a 5 30 a.m recruitment process and Actually, during the six weeks, they learn a lot of different things, but a huge part of it is for them to be able to share their story in an empowering way. So the six weeks is really tailored around that. We really want them to be able to learn more about themselves and gain a deeper understanding. And I think a huge part of my experience in LA 
was learning about myself, right? And I felt that because I learned so much about myself, one thing when I moved back to Lancaster that I really wanted was for other people to also be able to have that same experience. I was like, how can that happen? How can I create more experiences where people get to learn more about themselves just because I thought that was so important to me. And that's exactly what we do at Italo. So when I found it, I was like, oh my goodness, this lines up so perfectly. And so the students really get to gain a deeper understanding about themselves through that recruitment process. And I think that's just a different approach of learning. And I think it, it will help them a lot in life because you have to apply to interviews. You have to be able to share about who you are, even the college application process as well. And so we want to get a head start on that. Yeah, it sounds like you're in a really cool spot. I'm curious, as a student attending Italo, how is that experience a bit different than, you know, attending like a normal school? I think in a variety of different ways. One of the biggest, I would say, the six-week recruitment is really tailored around six core pillars. They are strong mind, competition, resiliency, accountability, sacrifice, and finish strong. We really tailor each day and each activity around those pillars. So each week is focused on one pillar. And I think it's a very high energy, even though it's early in the morning, 530 in the morning, we're, we're like playing music. It's um, a lot of movement. We're not really sitting a lot. We really want to be engaging in the things that we're doing. But then we also want it to be transferred into them also being introspective. This group of students are a group of students that normally wouldn't be together. And they're in a room and they're able to learn and grow from each other. So it's a little different in regards to just the diversity of the group. And they're able to learn from each other, even though they're not necessarily in the same classes as, as each other. Other. And then additionally, a lot of our activities are very high energy, even though it's early in the morning, we try to bring some energy, as well as it's a lot of movement. So they have the opportunity to move around and do a lot of different activities. We're not really sitting and writing a lot, but we do have a lot of opportunities for students to be introspective and have that moment for themselves as well. I love that. It sounds like I wish I went to Italo. I, you know, I was a student and I was a musician, uh, a creative thinker. And sometimes I feel like the, <laughs> the educational system failed me in some ways because I'm just not like most students and how I think. So it sounds like this must have been an amazing school to, to attend, especially for people that learn a bit differently than others. So understanding that Italo has this different approach, I imagine your experience during the pandemic must have been a bit challenging for the way that you approach education. I think when everything shut down, it definitely was a challenge. We really value being in person, value interacting with students, building those connections, building that rapport. And so it was really, it was really sad. We were like, what are we going to do? We were like brainstorming. Of course, Zoom was an option. So we learned a lot more about Zoom, just like everybody else did during that time. And then we decided to implement Zoom programming because of course, everything was shut down. And so that was really the only option, right? But it was a challenging time, I think, both for for us as staff, but then also for students during this time, that transition to go completely virtual in a blink of an eye, we were just really empathetic and trying to understand where they were coming from and trying to be there for them through that transitional process. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we've all been on Zoom during the pandemic. And it sounds yeah. like your students had a pretty cool experience in some of this programming when they were on Zoom. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, so we transitioned all of our programming to Zoom. So our AMED class, which is a medicine class, engineering class, our startup class, our SAT class. But then additionally, we we're trying to engage students in just an, an authentic way as well. So we were like calling students, FaceTiming them, checking in with them. And then everybody was saying like, oh, like, I'm so bored. I've been watching Netflix. 
I was like, ah, uh, bet yes. me too. What are you watching? <laughs> so we talked about just like what they're watching. And then one one student actually brought up an idea because I was like, what ideas do you guys have? Like I was like, what ideas do you guys have? And they were like, oh, I think it would be really cool um, to have a conversation about a movie. And I was like, cool. Since you guys are all watching movies and all watching Netflix, I would love to. So kind of messaged all the students. I asked what we should watch. And so we we ended up watching a variety of different things together and actually having discussions around them, right? Hmm. And at first it was a smaller group of students and then some weeks it was a little bit more, but we were just like, we're just gonna go for it. No matter the outcome, we're just gonna keep keep this keep this up. And so one day then we were we were just like talking and then the killing of George Floyd was a conversation that a lot of students mm-hmm. were bringing up, right? And that was definitely a tragedy and we were all kind of trying to process it together. And during that time, we decided that we wanted to figure out how we can implement a conversation around this in an authentic manner and in a way that we can actually grieve together because not only were the schools shut down and we didn't have social interaction with each other, but now people are processing this. And it was all over social media. And so we um, ended up deciding to have something called a Talo Talks where we wanted to open conversation to the community. And we decided to just watch a variety of different films and listen to different podcasts in regards to racial inequality. So we started by watching the documentary 13th and we decided to have a conversation around that. And we opened it up to anybody that wanted to attend. And so we had students, we had families, we had principals, we had community members, we had people from different states. And that it was just an open dialogue where we could learn we could grieve together and we could try to figure out how we can make change together. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. Especially as Netflix, I mean, we were all watching Netflix during the pandemic and specifically these series that talk about really important issues like the the racial violence in our country. They often facilitate this one way kind of conversation, right? And for your students to be able, not just your students, but other people in the community and around the country were able to have actual dialogue around these topics is super incredible. Do you want to share with us a little bit more? Tell me about these talks. How did they go? Is there any things that stood out to you and about what you learned and what the students learned during that time? Yeah, it definitely was a time where we all learned together. It was really cool because I think it started off where we were nervous. We were like, oh, we didn't know who was going to come and what the, what the conversations, how they were going to go. But a lot of people ended up attending. There was like 100 people who came out one week, another week, 200 people who came out. In total, it was about over 500 people who ended up joining these Zoom calls. And so it was definitely impactful for us. And it was really impactful just to hear other people's perspectives and really just learn and grow together. As I mentioned earlier, we had a little student leader group, which um, we would meet. We would not even just weekly. We would meet like I feel like we met every night. I honestly can't really remember, but we would meet with them. They would give us ideas. They would lead conversations. Then we also had Chance the Rapper join the call. And so that was really cool. He was able to share a few nuggets with the students and the families and and, and everybody that joined that night. And so it was definitely, it was just amazing to see the students own it and lead it together and just learn, learn with them. Wow. Yeah, that's incredible. I love how you had students involved in the planning of these conversations and really the orchestration of this. I imagine as an educator, it had to be a really rewarding experience too, not just leading this and creating curriculum, but having students kind of be in it 100% of the way. And obviously, I I imagine this must have been just an incredible experience for students to pop on a a Zoom call, right? And not know that they're going (laughs) to, who they're going to interact with, what kind of conversation they're going to have, or 
if someone like Chance the Rapper is going to pop up on their Zoom call. I imagine yeah. that had to really make an experience for your students. And even with that, I'm curious, how did you facilitate these connections between different guests that would help lead these conversations and, and contribute? We just ended up one day just like brainstorming and talking about, okay, how can we make this different? Um, how can we engage? How can we inspire? And so honestly, we just ended up just reaching out and just explaining our mission. And then it was reciprocated. So that was really amazing to see kind of that connection build and to have Chance join the call and share his perspective was definitely amazing. So it was just more of just sharing vision and just reaching out and just shooting, shooting our shots. We like to call it, you know, you never know what you're going to get. So you might as well just go for it. Let's go for it big time, you know? And so that was a really amazing process to really just like, just go for it. Just, yeah, just go for it. Uh, Yeah, that's super inspirational. I think, and I'm mindful of, you know, people who might be listening to this. I mean, you were in an academic setting, there was no one that was likely telling you to go reach out to certain individuals or really to do this. This was seems to be purely motivated on your desire just to really reach out to these students during the pandemic and the students themselves to create a experience for each other. And I love that you there's why not shoot for shoot for the stars really reach for whatever you can and so for people listening what would you share with them they they may be in a a challenging time we're all kind of in this together during the pandemic and other people listening to this might have ideas or really thinking through how they're approaching education whether it be in their schools in their businesses. I think it's really unique what you were able to do during the pandemic. And so do you have anything to share maybe with people listening today to kind of inspire them to take that same approach and think a bit creatively about how they're approaching life during the pandemic, but just in general? I definitely think that during challenging times, we might feel unmotivated and that's totally real. And I think taking a moment to pause and reflect and just process is so important. So definitely take that time I also think that there is so much opportunity. There always is opportunity. And I think just realizing that and just like dreaming big, I'm a firm believer and just like going for it. I never feel like I was like that before, but I think working at Atala has really shown me that there's no harm in shooting for the stars. Literally, there's no harm in just going for it. What's the worst that can happen? You get a no? Okay, let's think of a new idea. Let's continue to build upon the ideas that we already have. There's this phrase, if you spell out the word opportunity is nowhere and opportunity is now here, they actually use the same Mm -hmm. words. Like if you actually spell it out, you see the same thing. You see opportunity is nowhere and you see opportunity is now here. And I really think it's just about perspective. So instead of seeing that opportunity is nowhere, just look and you'll see that opportunity is literally now here and it's right in front of us. Cool. Yeah. So I think we're way more capable of achieving things that we don't think we're, we're able to. Earlier in our, our conversation, before we push record, I know you were sharing with us a little bit about your recruitment phase and some of the process that goes into that and how you instill these students that you're, you're way more capable of certain things that you don't think you are. So do you want to share with us a little bit about that? So one of the um, interesting aspects of a tele-recruit is actually our students have the opportunity to learn how to solve the Rubik's Cube. (laughs) And I know it sounds super unconventional. And when we say it to them, they're like, wait, what? 
But yeah, so they have the opportunity to learn how to solve the Rubik's Cube. And I think the interesting thing about the Rubik's Cube is that a very small percent of the world can solve it, right? I think it's like less than 5% of the world can solve it. But we actually expect our students to learn how to solve it in under 90 seconds. Hmm. So they are doing something that is extremely challenging at an exceptional level, right? And so that means that they're even a part of a smaller percent. They can do something that's extremely challenging at an exceptional level. And we want them to know that um, as they're learning it, it's a step-by-step process, right? Just like a lot of things in life. And so it's an actual representation of I can do hard things and I can do hard things really well. Hmm. And so they are able to learn how to solve it throughout the six weeks. And then at the end of the six weeks, they're actually interviewed and they're interviewed with the pillars that we discussed earlier. So the six core pillars, um, being able to share some examples and be able to really share their story in an empowering way, as well as solve the Rubik's Cube in under 90 seconds. And so all of that accumulates to a day of celebration. They did something challenging, six weeks of waking up at 5.30 in the morning, learning more about themselves, solving the Rubik's Cube and doing it at an exceptional level. And then they become a tallest scholars where a lot of opportunities are open to them and we want them to earn it, right? We don't want just to give them the opportunity. We want them to feel like they've they've accomplished something and that they've earned something. And then the door is open for them. They have SAT prep. I mentioned that earlier, a telemedicine, startup class, an engineering class. We help them go on college tours all throughout the US. So we believe that you can't be what you can't see. And we want those doors to be open to them. But it all starts with 530 in the morning, six weeks, six core pillars and the Rubik's Cube. Waking up that early in general is something to be proud of. But I imagine that leaving this experience, knowing that one, you can do something that less than 5% of the world knows how to do. That gives you confidence that you can do whatever you put your mind to. You can solve the Rubik's Cubes <laughs> um, in less than 90 seconds. And I swear if I knew how to do that, I'd probably put it in my Twitter bio or something. So it's it's pretty cool. Well, awesome. Well, thank you so much for sharing and about Atalo and your journey. But before we go, is there anything else that you want to share? One thing that I would say is that I'm honestly so thankful. I think that the space that Atalo provides is a space for students and, and it's a space where they can learn and grow together. But I also think it's a space where we as staff have the opportunity to really learn and grow together. And I just encourage you, if you're listening, um, just to find people that that challenge you authentically that you can grow with and i think that that makes the world of a difference and i'm excited for continued change as we all come together i think that's a really good thing to to share with our audience today the people surrounding us can really lift us up and remind me what does the talo mean yes talo um, is latin and it means to rise up I think that's a, a really cool way to, to end it. Well, Bernat, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Definitely really appreciate it. Well, what an awesome interview with Bernat. I'm really inspired by the way that she was able to take something like Netflix and students using that during the pandemic and really use it as a vehicle to have conversations with some of the topics that really came to the forefront of our public dialogue this past year and how she was able to use something we all know and use, right? Like Zoom. And she was able to facilitate these conversations, not just in her classroom, but with a audience all around the nation of, you know, around 500 people and be able to use that tool to connect with someone like Chancellor Hepper, hello. 
So I think there's a lot in that episode. So if you're interested, Tala Prep or learn more about them that you can see her links in the show notes but thank you so much for tuning in to this first episode of we can do this we have a bunch more interviews coming up so make sure to subscribe and if you like what you hear so far it would really help me if you would leave a review in itunes or your podcast app of choice see you next week